Hi guys, welcome to Hope with Jonathan podcast. And on this podcast, we will share the patient's personal story with battling kidney disease, dialysis, transplant, and more. Guys, we'll also share stories of hope and encouragement for those that are in need of a living kidney donor. We will also advocate for them a living donor to step forward to give them the miracle gift of life of transplant. Guys, based upon my personal near-death experience with kidney disease, I started this streaming show called Hope with Jonathan and also this podcast, Hope with Jonathan Podcast. Guys, if you want to hear more stories like this, please stay tuned. Hey guys, welcome to Hope with Jonathan podcast. Thanks for all the support for the podcast. Also for Hope with Jonathan. Definitely appreciate it. If you're interested in helping out and supporting what we're doing with Hope with Jonathan and the Hope with Jonathan podcast, you can definitely do so by clicking on the listener support. Also, you can find us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, We're also on YouTube and you can find us also on TikTok. All you have to do is type in Hope with Jonathan and you can find Hope with Jonathan podcast. You can find us on almost all platforms, uh, mainly on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Um, We're on some others, but feel free to find us on any platform that you can. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in and listening to Hope with Jonathan. Appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Definitely appreciate Tatiana Tagarova for coming on Hope with Jonathan. Uh, Appreciate her coming on, telling her personal story, her personal journey with battling kidney disease. Uh, Tatiana's information is at Tatiana Needs a Kidney on Facebook. Uh, Please go over and like her page. Uh, She has a kidney page that she is uh, advocating for a living donor to come forth, okay? Hey guys, if you're listening out there and you come across this podcast, I want you to know where you can find out more information. Again, that's it. Tatiana Needs a Kidney. Uh, Her date of birth is uh, 7473. Blood type is B, which means that she can also accept an O. And of course, Parrot Exchange accepts all blood types. Uh, You can reach out to her uh, transplant hospital. Uh, She's located in North Carolina at uh, UNC Medical Center in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. 
And uh, again, guys, if you want more information, you can visit Tatiana Needs a Kidney on Facebook. Uh, all of her information is there on the page. Uh, transplant coordinator, uh, phone number, uh, email address, and all of that information is on her kidney advocacy page of Tatiana Needs a Kidney. I appreciate her coming on Hope with Jonathan. Uh, she has an amazing story with battling uh, kidney disease and uh, you know doing dialysis and uh, waiting for a living kidney donor to come step forth to be her hero. Hey guys, I want you to listen to this podcast. Uh, try to uh, listen and uh, learn something from this. Uh, these stories are definitely inspiring. Uh, not not one uh, kidney warrior story is, is the same. Uh, each one is unique. And yes, the common theme is kidney disease, but you're going to find out that most of these stories uh, are unique and uh, personal. And uh, a lot of them are very, very, very close to being similar. But uh, each one, like I said, has something a little bit different. And uh, Tatiana's story is, is a very inspiring one. Uh, she's currently, like I said, she's battling kidney disease, waiting for her uh, special donor to come forth and give her the miracle gift of life of transplant. Again, guys, you can find her at uh, Tatiana Needs a Kidney on Facebook. Uh, she's also, she also has a, a, a son, so she's a mother. Uh, also, uh, looking forward to uh, possibly one day getting back into her career. And um, hey, guys, again, appreciate everybody uh, coming on and listening to the Hope with Jonathan podcast. And I hope you guys uh, enjoy this uh, story. Again, this was a live interview that we did on Hope with Jonathan. Uh, we did this on Facebook. And we also did this, uh, it was also on YouTube at the same time. And so you can go over to the YouTube channel as well and uh, watch the live stream at Hope with Jonathan. Uh, like I said, it was an amazing interview. Uh, really thought it was an inspiring one. Also, I want to mention that we have some special, special co-hosts on this uh, project. We also had uh, the Honorable uh, Jeff Brown who is a you know, great kidney advocate, advocates for many, uh, creates uh, some amazing artistic posters for kidney warriors, uh, videos, all types of different creations from Jeff Brown. Also, we had a kidney transplant uh, warrior, uh, D'Angelo Crawford. Uh, he also came on and co-hosted in this one. So uh, listen for those, uh, those two guys uh, coming on as well to help me with this interview guys again you can find hope with jonathan podcast uh, on spotify and apple Podcasts. you can also find uh, hope with jonathan the live stream show on youtube facebook and um, guys I, again i really appreciate everyone's support and feedback uh, for these kidney warriors and these uh, kidney warrior stories uh, amazing outpouring of uh, you know just different comments and people reaching out people messaging me uh, people reaching out to just different uh, you know aspects of uh, different people that I'm involved with as well uh, impact American media I want to send them a shout out 
that's that this podcast is sponsored by um, Impact American Media. Uh, you can uh, check them out as well uh, on different social media platforms. Also, the the Joy in the Journey podcast. Uh, Wheels Porter. Uh, he's he, this this that's his organization is Impact American Media. Um, also, I want to send a shout out to uh, Kidney Warrior Merch, uh, Kyle Hawkers, uh, and family. I, I really appreciate them as well. I consider them to be a sponsor of the Hope with Jonathan podcast. But hey, guys, I'm going to uh, let you guys roll into this uh, live stream interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. It, it does go a little bit long, but hey, the, these stories are, are amazing, inspiring, and uh, I want you guys to listen to this one and check it out. I appreciate it. Guys, stay blessed. Take care of yourself. Take care of your kidneys. Stay safe out there. God bless. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Hope with Jonathan tonight. I appreciate everybody tuning in uh, to this very special interview tonight that we're having with uh, Tatiana Tagarova and uh, my uh, special co-host on here tonight with me, uh, D'Angelo Crawford from Portland, Oregon, and advocate Jeff Brown from AU, AEU. Or did I say that right? I said that wrong. UAE. I'm sorry, guys. UAE. Yeah, I'm in Abu Dhabi. It's uh, 4.06 a.m. Friday morning. Hold on. Let me wipe the sleepies from my eyes. <laughs> man, Jeff, uh, your dedication to this is so amazing, man. I can't imagine getting up that early uh, to do these interviews. Yeah, well, it, it's basically... I mean, I, I can go back to sleep afterward. That's my day off. But, but yeah, it's something it's something I'm willing to do, especially for people that we advocate for. You know, uh, we want to be able to see Tatiana uh, get exposure and a step closer to finding a kidney donor. <clears throat> oh, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, that's why we do these. That's why we're so, uh, you know, committed to what we're doing and uh, you know, we want to help somebody in need, help somebody receive the gift of life and transplant, get a living donor. So, D'Angelo, how you been doing, brother? Oh, I've been good. 
just uh, hanging in there, getting stronger every day. Yeah. So, guys, tonight we have a very special guest, uh, Tatiana. Uh, she's from the North Carolina area. She's currently battling kidney disease, currently in center uh, hemodialysis three times a week. Uh, she's in need of a living donor. Her uh, information is scrolling below on the uh, banner bar down there, the ticker. Uh, as you can see, she has a Facebook page, guys. Tatiana needs a kidney. Uh, we'd like for you to go there and please like that page and to follow uh, her and her journey for finding a, a living donor as well. Uh, also, her transplant information is, is scrolling down below as well. The phone number to her transplant coordinator uh, and her hospital. And uh, guys, we want to bring her on as, as quickly as we can. Uh, anybody have anything else that they would like to add before we bring on our guest? Nope. Let's do this. All right. Let's bring on Tatiana. Hello, Tatiana. How are you? Hi. Good. Welcome to a show, Hope with Jonathan. Thank you. Tatiana, I'd like for you to tell everyone out there uh, where you're located at. I am currently located in North Carolina. I've lived here for 10 years now. Okay. And <laughs> so you've been there ten years. Uh, so where, uh, where where were you moving from when you uh, when you arrived there in North Carolina? Uh, well, I'm originally from Russia. I came to the United States in 1993, so I have lived here for okay. in the in the United States for about 26 years. I have also lived in Puerto Rico for nine years. Um, really, mm -hmm. wow. interesting. Yeah, my son was so born. Do you speak? Do, do you speak yeah. Spanish as well? Yes, I did not like officially learn it, but I pretty much understand everything and can speak basic Spanish. Okay, so you can get you can get by with it. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I I lived in Germany for six years, and I had to had to learn to speak German and. Uh, I live in Abu Dhabi, UAE, in the Middle East, and uh, so I, I, I at times have to get by with, with Arabic, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and where do you currently live? Yeah, so I live in Abu Dhabi, which is about an hour hour's drive south of Dubai, and mm. uh, it borders, UAE borders Saudi Arabia and Qatar. So how is the atmosphere over there? Like, uh, I mean, it's very laid back. Well, I mean, we've had very, uh, I would say, pretty uh, consistent and uh, tight restrictions in, in the pandemic, you know, as far as uh, enforcing the, the social distancing and uh, wearing a mask. And we, we had to wear the gloves uh, 
with the mask for the longest time until just recently, uh, the last couple months. But yep. So Tatiana, where are you from originally? What country? Russia, but I have lived in the U.S. for 26 years, right? You know. Okay. But I'm originally from Russia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a, quite an adjustment to move from uh, Russia to the States, huh? Well, it has been a long time. I don't even know what Russia is anymore. Don't really follow much. <laughs> there is a singer that I really like from Russia, but that's about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh -huh. But I like Russian literature, music, you know, and the contemporary singer that I really like. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But not the weather. <laughs> Cold but, hair. Yeah, and I was born in Siberia, but I was only like two years old when we moved, and supposedly it was like very cold and very hot. Yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of Russian dolls at the house, the ones that you can take apart, and they have other mm -hmm. dolls inside of them. Yeah, they're really mm -hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. So... You've been battling kidney disease. Why don't you tell everyone about how you got diagnosed with kidney disease? Well, my father passed away in Russia in 1991, and he didn't go into it. I'm 47. My father was 53, and he didn't, he didn't have kidney failure. He had a stroke, and then he passed away a year later. And when they did the autopsy, they determined that it was a polycystic kidney disease. So and then we had to do an ultrasound, and that's how I found out that I had it too. So I think I was like 18 when I found out, but it didn't do anything. Like it didn't manifest till I gave birth to my son. So then when I started like having issues, and three years ago I went into a kidney failure, and I was able to hold off dialysis for two years. But you just kind of really feel very tired when you're like under 20%. You know, and they put you on the list when you are 20%. When your kidney function is at 20%, they will place you on the list. So they did place me on the list, but I was still able to hold off dialysis for two years. And then I have done dialysis now for a year. Okay, so... What type of dialysis are you currently doing? I'm doing it in the center, like three times a week. Mm -hmm. I had to have, like, first they tried to do fistula and it didn't work. And then I had a graft. And then I already had, like, two surgeries on my graft because some issues. Yeah. Um, it's just not easy. <laughs> oh, no, it's not at all. Were you able to mm -hmm. try parents? But you're still... I'm sorry, D'Angelo, what did you say? I said, were what you did able you to say? Peritoneal dialysis? I don't have anybody to help me, so I decided to do it in the center. Oh, I, I never gosh. tried it at home. Mm -hmm. But I, what I'm understanding, like, it's, um, it's not as hard on the body if you do it at home, right? Yeah, that's for hemo and for uh, peritoneal. It was just like, for me personally, with peritoneal, I couldn't sleep at night, so it was rough on me at work in the morning. But I mean, overall, it was a, it was okay. 
But I mean, I didn't like that, and I didn't like that bloated feeling. But other than that, it was it was okay. Were you able to work when you were on dialysis? Yeah, I worked up until about two years ago, and then um, I got just too tired to where I couldn't do it anymore. And then once I got the transplant, I actually just landed a job this week, so going back to work. Because mm -hmm. I'm and not able to. Work. Right, uh, and. and that that is uh that is pretty it's pretty common sadly you know unfortunately to, in our in uh, our line of uh advocacy we, we we encounter that quite often that the kidney warriors uh have to stop working or you know they they get laid off they lose their job and and that must be such such a you know hardship yeah, it's a yeah, because I didn't even have like any money uh, because it takes time to like in the United States, it takes time to get social security, disability. Mm -hmm. So like, right, it does a long time. Uh -huh. yeah. I think like for two years, I didn't even have any income. And then it's like social security disability, which you earn anyway, you know, like you earn no, it. Right. Because like I have worked previously, I have worked for 14 years. Yeah. But what and, you but what you get compared to what you get when you're working is is just small small chips compared to you know and it's yeah. hard it's hard to live they on. Pay you, they what did pay you say? Forty like percent of what your pay was. Yeah. Right, and then the thing is, like Medicare, I'm forty seven, so like before, like sixty five supplemental is very expensive, like almost five hundred for me. And actually, I have a good plan for supplemental. And then part B, I think, is one. It's like almost 700, you know, yeah. between part B, D, and supplemental. And that's a lot of money. Like, it's almost like half of your disability income. Yeah. So, and well, you still have mortgage actually, to pay and other bills to pay. I can actually help you out with that. Um, if you want to chat off offline, I can actually help you out with that, get that cut right okay. now. Okay. Mm hmm. Oh, that's great, yeah, that's a good Angel. idea. Thank, yeah, yeah. Side sidebar after the uh, broadcast and yeah, get that straightened out. Uh, this is this is exactly the reason why we're lucky to have D'Angelo on board with this. Oh yeah, I'm really proud. I'm really proud to have him. I think uh, D'Angelo is a, a great co-host for sure. And I appreciate everybody helping me because it's just not easy. And in my case, like I don't have family. My only, like, a, you know, adult family who can help me. My only family is my son. He's eighteen, but he cannot really help me much, you know, because he's yeah. not an adult yet. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he's he's going to college now. He just graduated uh, from high school last year, right? Last. Yes, he was a, a, valid, a salutatorian, he, the second best in his wow. class. Mm -hmm. And he's studying like yes. at the same where I am listed with the transplant center. It's uh, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. That's uh -huh. where he goes to school. But he's busy with his school. You know, it's like first year college. It's not easy. They're very busy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, my next question for you was where are you uh, currently listed at? Yes, I'm currently listed with Chapel University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill Medical Center. And I already had like five people that tested for me in the last three years, but they didn't qualify. 
Yeah. And it's not because it's hard for me to find a donor. Like I don't have antibodies, so it's like pretty much anybody can be my donor. But uh, just for their own health issues, they didn't qualify. And currently, uh -huh. I have another person just found through Facebook. Uh, she's located in California, and they're currently testing her. Okay. Uh -huh. They told me like keep looking because you never know if the person will qualify or not. So they said, like, well, keep looking to, like, actually in the surgery. Because people, like, the donor right. also doesn't wish to be a donor. You never know, you know? It, exactly. And your, your nephrologist or uh, whoever it, it was on that uh, transplant team that recommended to continue looking, that was very sage advice, very wise advice, because any number of things can happen along the way uh, in the testing process that would uh, preclude that person from moving forward as a donor or disqualify that person as being your donor. So it's always wise to get as many people to come forward and uh, in the testing process as you possibly can. You know? mm -hmm. yeah. so like, like I'm not able to work, but I do sell Mary Kay help me with this insurance costs so like that's all mm -hmm. i'm able to but i'm not able like to go like to an official job i used to teach college for 15 years but i cannot do that anymore uh no. and, and that I, and the, wow how, that is that that is impressive though yeah and and where did where did you teach college uh university of puerto rico and then elizabeth city state university Wow. Okay. Wow. So that's I got interesting. What's uh, Writing and literature. Okay. okay. So like we got to get we got to get you a donor so you can get back to uh, doing your teaching again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm glad you're feeling better, like Jonathan and and Jonathan. How long you have recently had a transplant, right? Uh, on the eleventh of this month, will be six months. Okay. Thanks be. Be the guy. Yeah. Doing great. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. We wanna, we wanna help you get there mm -hmm. any way we can. So, Daniel, do you feel like That's, you are okay to like be able to work now? Yeah, I'm like itching to get back to work and actually like contributing into society again. I hate being like just a buff on the log, so. I'm itching mm. to get back to work and actually like concentrating and throwing some more money towards this food truck and building that up. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you're, you're exactly how many weeks removed from your kidney transplant again, D'Angelo? Is it six weeks? It'll be seven weeks, seven weeks today. Seven wow. weeks. Now, I mean, that's quite that's quite an amazing uh, turnaround of uh, of a recovery. I mean, yeah, it sure is. How's your lab? <laughs> your lab's been pretty My stable. Been great. Um, yeah. Nothing's out of the ordinary. Yeah. And that now the ordinary, everything's been stable. Like I said, I just went to the doctor today and everything was normal. So yeah, we're good to go. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Did you, did you need someone to help you after the transplant? Like how much help did you need? 
D'Angelo? I mean, I sat around the house. I mean, I sat around the house. I mean, uh, Keitra, my girlfriend, she she gave me a little, she gave me some help and stuff and made sure I could actually get around and do the things that I need to do. But mostly I sat around and just healed up and made sure I wasn't doing any sudden movements to have any pain or anything like that. Yeah. For me personally, my wife helped me the first couple of weeks. She cooked all my meals and made sure I was taken care of. But yeah, I I didn't really need any help getting up and getting around though, or anything like that. She just yeah. she made sure that I had my meals cooked and stuff like that. But I mean, by the second or third week, I was back out trying to walk again and do all that type of stuff. And then now I'm I'm better than what I was before I had transplanted. So um it just takes a little bit of time i think it's kind of a case-by-case -case basis so how about like yeah. did you have to go to the yeah. hospitals three times a week for blood work or someone came to your house yeah i had no. to go to the hospital i went to the hospital twice a week yeah yeah i went the first couple of weeks they'll have you coming twice a week and then once you get pretty stable with the numbers they'll release you to going to like a lab in your in your local city or closer or see I don't live I'm an hour away from my uh, transplant center so I go get my blood work at a local uh, laboratory here and I do that every every two weeks now mm -hmm. and uh, soon enough I'll be probably monthly mm -hmm. and then uh, they'll they'll keep pushing it like 90 day and then I guess eventually it'll be like maybe annually I'm not sure mm -hmm. uh, they haven't really told me yet. So. Did you feel like? Did you feel well? Like right after the transplant, you felt much better. Yeah, yeah, I did. I mean, I could tell immediately. It was, uh, you know, immediately was a, a great feeling. So, mm -hmm. yeah, they told they told me that as soon as they hooked up the kidney, it started functioning immediately. So, I yeah. guess everything took really well, and I was filling up the catheter bottle that they gave me. I was. That was getting full and overflowing and stuff. Yeah. So I guess it was working pretty well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Tatiana, what type of support system do you have right now? You said your your son, uh, he's yeah. Well, my son is busy with his studies, but if I have a transplant, like of course he'll help me, like bring me meals. Or but in terms of rides, like he cannot help me because he's there, which is like Chapel Hill, and it's four hours away from where I live. So I had to find like friends to help me. Yeah. So like I had like a group of people that said like maybe about five people that said they would give me rides because in my case, like I would need rides to, you know, and it's four hours away. Yeah. And I was thinking, um, cause I don't know if I mentioned to you, I'm also trying to get listed with another center in Richmond, Virginia, because they have a lesser waiting okay. time. For but it's also like four hours away so it's about the same distance okay so like that's why like i found like five people that can possibly give me a ride you know that they said they would give me rides mm -hmm. and uh we were thinking like like stay there maybe for a week or two like they have a family house at chapel hill where patients can stay and i think they have similar arrangements in richmond they have a hospitality they they should uh, every 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 transplant hospital that uh, well your social worker or your transplant coordinator should be able to give you the advice for that. But every transplant has hospital has some sort of place 
uh, where you could stay like that and family members. Uh, when my wife had her transplant in Boston, uh, they had one. And uh, she, she, she actually stayed there for about uh, two months afterwards. And that's because, uh, you know, they didn't want her to leave country. Uh, they wanted her to be able to see uh, her, her doctor, uh, the, uh, the surgeon that operated on her, and the team uh, consistently for weeks afterward until they released her to go back to Abu Dhabi, you know, in UAE. But, and that's where she stayed was at a, like a, uh, uh, a patient hotel right there uh, in the vicinity. I mean, I think it was walking distance, but of course they had a, uh, um, a shuttle bus that would pick up patients and take them to the, the hospital. Mm-hmm. So you're also listed in, in Virginia, you say, or West Virginia. Uh, no, I'm just trying to get listed with them. It's in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. They have less uh, less waiting time for a deceased donor. Okay. Okay, that makes sense because yeah. that gives you options. Uh, also gives you, you know, a little more exposure to where you're not leaning upon just one transplant facility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the living don Chapel Hill is currently testing the living donor. Okay. Mm -hmm. What blood type are you? I am B positive. Okay. Okay, so since you're B, then that means you can accept uh, O as well, right? Yes, B and O. Mm -hmm. Okay. The problem has been like, you know, five people tested for me but didn't qualify. It's hard to find a healthy person. And sometimes like, you know, people call me, but they don't really understand. Like some of them think it's like giving a blood to give a kidney, but it's much more complicated process than that, you know, to be a living donor. Right. Yeah. If it were, if, yeah. it, if it were only, if it were only that easy, right? I mean, and <laughs> yeah, and, and it's more than just uh being a compatible blood type as well. I mean, you have to be healthy. And let's face it, uh, we, well, we're in America or, well, I'm not, but in America, most people are not healthy after a certain age because of uh, the, uh, the eating habits, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It, it has. So, it really, uh, royal. It really is based. I truly believe on eating habits. And if we were all raised uh, from an early age up to uh, to eat healthy, eh, that, then maybe all these problems that lead to uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, you know, maybe, maybe they wouldn't be so bad, you know. And uh, who knows? Maybe even polycystic kidney disease wouldn't. Uh, rear its ugly head uh, until much later in your life or maybe not at all, you know? Yeah. Like, my father was 53 in Russia, and he didn't go into kidney failure. Wow. But it, it, it medically hard to say. Like, I understand what you're saying about the diet. Like, yes, like, that's, I agree with it, but in some cases it can be like you can still have the best diet and still you know it all depends like i think it's just yeah, it, it would still it would still it would still definitely be there i totally agree with you on that but i think we can hold hold it off uh keep it at bay you know and it wouldn't it wouldn't uh progress in the stages 
it's a stage uh it's a stage five well yeah. for people people with polycystic kidney disease a lot of times family history it, it's going to probably happen if it's going to happen but i think what jeff is referring to like people with chronic uh diabetes and hypertension uh the the preventable diseases that cause kidney disease can be you know we can help keep that at bay if we you know follow a proper diet and uh exercise and things like that so yeah uh, I, I see what he's talking about D'Angelo, what did you want to say i'm sorry i think i interrupted you oh no you didn't interrupt me i was just saying that hygiene plays a big factor too like with uh like your oral hygiene and stuff that pays a big factor because when you go to the dentist and they see you have infections you feel you feel being a donor as well mm -hmm. yeah yeah and so yeah. like with They're the donors yeah and it's not only just physical health it's also mental health you know yeah. and and it could be you know so if, if they smoke if they're overweight if they took drugs you know there are so many factors and then they call you and i think most of them don't realize like all these factors you know drugs smoking weight uh mental health physical health and I had like some people call me, but like, I could tell, like they didn't even have to call my center. Like I, I knew they wouldn't qualify, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, can I ask? If, if you really, yeah, go, go ahead, D'Angelo. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. I was just, go ahead. how many friends or family members do we have, you know, that don't have, uh, anything on the on that list you know i mean it, so it really does shortlist you know when you go down the list of kidney uh kidney disease uh requirements uh, to be a donor i mean you go down the list you have uh you have to be uh, you have to check off that you don't have high blood pressure you don't have anxiety uh you don't you don't take uh you don't take uh any sort of uh, medication for depression you know uh it's a long list of things, and uh, it really does shortlist uh, who who can be qualified. Yeah. And you know what I found yeah. out is uh, that pe people. I'm sorry, D'Angelo. Go ahead, brother. Go ahead. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. I'll wait. No, okay, go ahead. let D'Angelo speak. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead, D'Angelo. I'm sorry. Ask you. Oh, no, it's okay. I was just going to ask you um, with the uh, the kidney don't like the deceased donors. Are you also looking at the high risk kidneys that like people who have like had a higher risk lifestyle or are you all are you just strictly like clean, never did anything before type of person? Is that the type of donor you're looking for? Or are you looking at a mixture of both? Well, I'm not sure. I know I have signs for hepatitis C and I know if I don't know if high risk donors have hepatitis C. I am not sure, but I signed up like to agree to receive it from hepatitis C. Because they told me like it's curable, like even if I get hepatitis C, like there is a miracle pill for that, and I'll be fine. And the yeah. waiting time, like a quarter, if you agree to receive it from hepatitis C donor. Yeah, they said that. Like I know over here in Oregon, they had the high risk one where it was like people that had like been in prison or maybe engaged in like a. Uh, homosexual activity, things that like unprotected activity, things that put them at risk. So they do have that list, but they say they test them very thoroughly to make sure they don't have anything. And if they do have something, 
like like you said, like hepatitis C, they can pretty much knock that out with a couple doses of some medicine that they give you or something like that. But yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I agree to that because you know the statistics like I think fifty percent of the people die on dialysis. So if I can receive something and like it's better to live than die, you know. Exactly. exactly. But I think it's terrible. Yeah. Right. Can, can, you, can you say that percentage again? I, I do remember again? that I read it, but it's like 50% of the people that are waiting for a kid, you know, for a transplant will not get a transplant and they will die on dialysis. Waiting, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I think I read 54%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think it was there, like one in, one in 11 die waiting on a transplant daily, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a couple people pass while I was on dialysis in center, so definitely mm -hmm. true. Yep. Yeah, what I was yeah, going to say uh, about the, uh, uh, the, the, the transplant, uh, and I, I've lost my train of thought, so Jeff, you go ahead. <laughs> well, the statistics on kidney, de kidney disease, it's staggering, okay? Yeah. I mean, one in nine people with chronic kidney disease, ad adults that is, won't even know he or she has it, mm -hmm. first of all, right? And there are people that die uh, of kidney disease. I think the average is like 13 people every day die of kidney failure while on dialysis. Uh, the of the hundred and like roughly fourteen thousand people who are on the organ transplant list, ninety I think it's like ninety five percent of those people are waiting for a kidney. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> it's uh, it's it's a difficult life to live that Tatiana lives, folks. So yes. I, I also, I remember now what I was going to say. So I remember when people went in and uh, testing for me uh, mm -hmm. to, to be a, a possible donor, it actually saved uh, one lady's life. So it's not always a bad thing when people go in to get tested, even though mm -hmm. they can't become your donor. What, mm -hmm. can ha what happens is sometimes it'll actually save that person's life because they find out that let either they got an issue that needs to be resolved uh, very quickly. Uh, mm -hmm. Like uh, in this lady's uh, situation, she had an issue with her heart and mm -hmm. they had to go in and, and put a pacemaker in and all this. And uh, th because she went and tested for me, she found out about her heart condition. So, mm -hmm. you know, it can actually help people in the long run uh, to go in and even get tested because you, you just never know what they may find because the testing is pretty in depth of what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. So just keep that in mind. And I, I you know, I, I always think that when we do something good for others, the good comes back to us. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Oh, totally. Yeah. Hey guys, we've had a lot of people watching, a lot of people commenting. We really appreciate all the support of uh, Vicki Love. My mom has been watching. Uh, thank you, mom. Appreciate your support. Uh, Donna Tassat has been watching. She's a kidney advocate herself. And she has a question. Do you have any issues with your blood pressure? Yeah. Uh, like uh, after my son was born, I started to have high blood pressure and that's related to polycystic kidney disease. 
Um, and now on dialysis, I don't know if you guys had a similar experience. Like my blood pressure was high, then it was low, then it was high, now it's low again. I don't know if yeah. you know. So it can yeah, fluctuate on dialysis. Like the blood pressure can fluctuate. Right now, like it's normal. Like I don't take pills, but it used to be high. Yeah. Interesting. Restriction. As long as you keep that fluid restriction in place, it usually keeps your blood pressure pretty low too. What what, yeah. did you, what did you say? I said, as long, I said, as long as you keep your fluid restriction in place, they use that usually keeps your blood pressure pretty low too. Uh huh. So yeah. right now it's good. It's kind of an accumulation of things. Like uh, it could be the effect of uh, fluid. Like maybe they're pulling too much fluid off, and your and your and your blood pressure tanks on you, or maybe uh, you're taking too much blood pressure medication and they have to adjust your blood pressure medication. Uh, I was on three different blood pressure medications at one time. And hmm. then as they slowly progressed me in dialysis, uh, you know, they took me off of one. And then, uh, as I went on the home hemodialysis, I was only on one, you know, mm -hmm. and, uh, then now that I got my kidney, I don't, I'm not currently taking any blood pressure medication. Which is uh totally yeah, isn't amazing. That isn't that amazing? amazing? My my wife's my wife's reason for chronic kidney disease was high blood pressure. Uh, and just like you, uh, Jonathan, after transplant, she didn't have to. She she hasn't had to take any high blood pressure medicine whatsoever. Yeah, it's amazing what diet and exercise can do for you. I'm telling you. It's a life changer and a kidney yeah. transplant. <laughs> so. But if you've been doing that in the first place, so the transplant would have been necessary. That's true, too. <laughs> and amen, amen, D'Angelo. Amen, brother. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Let's underscore that. Uh, so if you're watching this, folks, please comment and crush the share button. Let's uh, Let's spread this all over social media. Uh, don't stop at Facebook. Uh, yeah. Move on and share it on Instagram and YouTube. And yeah. Okay. TikTok too. Hey, uh, we appreciate Alexis Garcia watching. Thank you, Alexis. Uh, Vicky Love. I've already mentioned her. Thanks, mom. Appreciate you. Uh, Kyle Hawkridge from Toronto, Canada is watching. Thanks, uh, Kyle. Appreciate you. Uh, Donna Tassat, uh, Rosetta McLeod. We've got a lot of people commenting. Appreciate all the feedback, guys. Have a lot of people watching. So, yeah, like Jeff said, smash that share button. Don't be stingy. And smash it. So how did you decide to, like, help others? Like, did you all get together, or how did you find each other? Well, Jeff, bro. No, that's, a, that's a very good oh. – <laughs> well, there you go. So – Thank you, D'Angelo. So D'Angelo got introduced to my twin brother, uh, and you were on uh, the Warriors Quest show, right, D'Angelo? Yeah. And yeah. How, how was your experience on, on Warriors Quest? Oh, it was great. I mean, it was fun. It was, uh, it was definitely like a, a time to share your story and get it out there and actually like answer questions that people may have that they're weren't sure of and things like that so i mean it was definitely a, a eye-opening experience and um it made me more interested like i always 
I want I knew I wanted to be a kidney advocate after I got my transplant. But then once I got the taste of it and then got the transplant, like a few weeks after I was on the show, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm all in now. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you were dialed in. Uh, yeah. And right after uh, – right after, I, I guess, we found out that uh, there's not there's not a manual that they hand you at a transplant uh, – uh, at the transplant hospital, your transplant coordinator just tells you, "Hey, look, uh, contact your your friends, your family member, or your family members first, your friends, uh, find a living kidney donor." But there's not a manual that they hand you that says, "Hey, look, follow this manual. This is how you go about finding a living kidney donor." You know, and we, because of my wife's high PRA rate. Uh, which made it uh, a lot more difficult for her to uh, find a living kidney donor. We went through uh, countless innumerable uh, do uh, donor candidates and it was becoming very frustrating. So it, we came to a point, my twin brother and I where, well, yes. And, and I owe my, my twin brother, Jared, a lot of, uh, I'm indebted to him because he came up, he, he stepped to the plate and uh, create, he's the one that actually created the Facebook page for my wife. And from there, he and I, uh, as a tag team, advocated for my wife. And uh, I guess after, after she uh, received her transplant in 2018, people, people noticed uh, how we advocated for her. And they started knocking uh, on our door, so to speak, uh, uh, contacting us uh, via Facebook on social media and asking us if we would advocate for them. And you know what? We never really thought about that, that uh, we would do that. You know, we never really formulated a plan post transplant for my wife because it just came up. It just came about so suddenly her uh, transplant. And, uh, but guess what? We couldn't say no. We couldn't just stand on the set of the, the sidelines and, and watch as other people struggled to find a living kidney donor. We knew how hard it was and that there is no manual to follow. There's not an instruction manual. No, that's a hard question to ask people. Did you, did you have it from a living donor? Um, Jonathan? My, my, mean, well, jo yes. uh, Jonathan? No, no, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, I'm sorry. Um, okay, so so my my wife's uh, donor was a deceased donor. Yeah, and and yeah, that was actually kind of amazing. And you know, like one time I had like a bad experience. Like some of them like don't have good intentions. You know, like some of these candidates that contact you. Uh, one of them right. said like I'm supposed to help like build up his business if he were to be my donor. And I said I'm sorry, uh, I'm not prepared to do that. You know, it's supposed to be like unconditional, you know, like I'm not supposed to do anything for you. Like if you want to do it, you do it. If you don't want to do it, you don't so, do it. <laughs> so wait a minute. So wait a minute. So are you saying that this dude tried to barter his kidney for, for business attention? Uh, yeah, that's that, basically that's how I felt. He said, well, are you going to help me find clients? Yeah. I said, I can try, it, but I'm not trying to. Look. <laughs> Although we call it is clients. amazing, you know. Uh, 
<laughs> after after years after years and years, and I and I've been advocating now since uh, actively since 2016. I, I've seen all sorts of people come forward, right? Uh, but even in the United States, you will see people come forward and do this sort of thing. And uh, mm-hmm. even uh, today, of all uh, of all days, I saw something come up on one of the kidney disease uh, groups where. This uh, this man who's in search of a living kidney donor, and I'm not going to drop, I'm not going to throw him under the bus or drop a dime, but he himself is in need of a living kidney donor in the United States, and he wanted to uh, to use his services uh, as a, a mechanic, right, or uh, or or a, a truck that he has. He wanted to do a, a trade off of his services and or his truck for a kidney donor, uh, for a kidney. Yeah, because that's against the law in the U.S. It's against the law to ask for money or to offer money. It, you know, like, right. even if I understand, uh, even for them to ask about something like that is against the law. So I I felt uncomfortable with the donor. And then he said, oh, I'm not sure. Well, if I do that, you have to do that. And I'm like, no, I don't have to do anything. If you don't want to, you don't want to, you know? And uh-huh. then I just told my Santa that I don't feel comfortable with this candidate. Could we go to the next one, you know? Yeah, it's also highly unethical. So if you believe in that, um, you know, you have no business, uh, you know, being involved with uh, organ donation because uh, it's, it's unethical to have to buy one. Either Either you give it out of the goodness of your heart or you don't give it at all, so, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, bottom line, uh, you're looking for a donor, and by def by by the sheer, very definition of the word donor, it means it's going to be a donation. It's uh, <laughs> it, it's, it's it surprises pretty, me how many people uh, come with no misinterpret theory. that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But. Uh, to answer your question, Tatiana, on why I uh, started Hope with Jonathan, I started Hope with Jonathan and and doing what I'm doing based upon my uh, personal experience with uh, kidney disease and my personal battle with uh, kidney disease. I had a near death experience with you know with how oh, I found it and mm-hmm. all that. Ended up uh, in the ICU and and all that stuff, and and I woke up on a dialysis machine. So for me, uh, it was apparent that I do I did something positive with that because I, I survived it and uh, because of that I started hope with Jonathan I wanted to help other patients uh, first of all try to help prevent uh, you know things like this happening to other people and then uh, number two I wanted to help people receive the miracle gift of life themselves so uh, that's the reason why I started hope with Jonathan and you know, like sometimes you're just feeling like so weak and so sick, like even to speak to the donors. And then if you have like a frustrating one, you know, like the one I mentioned to you, like a potential donor, then it's just so hard because you're physically sick, you're looking for a donor, and then you like encounter trouble instead of a good donor, you know? Yeah, it's right. Easy, like, it's like, you know, if I ever get better, like I wouldn't mind like to speak to like, I think you know kidney like kidney failure patients they need someone to like you know, like help them to talk to the potential donors. So like the potential donors would call someone else 
who understands the process, well, you know, because not everybody understands the process, but someone who would understand it, so it's not like a sick person trying to like speak to this donor, you know? Right, and, and you know what, Tatiana, that's, that's what we're here for. Uh, uh, the three of us are on, on the page that uh, D'Angelo, thank you very much, created for you. And uh, when somebody contacts your uh, page, Tatiana uh, needs a kidney. When they contact that page, uh, either myself or Jonathan or D'Angelo will answer someone who contacts your page and speak to them directly so that you don't have to, you know? And of yeah. course, like if you have a good relationship, that's fine. Like, but I had some like not so good potential donors. And then they would like promise me one thing and kept me hanging and didn't follow through. And that can be very frustrating. I think they don't realize like how sick we are. Um, and they really need to like be serious before committing. To, you know, I understand that they are allowed to like say no, like even the last day. But I think, you know, it's important for them to realize like how sick you know, someone on dialysis is. I think some people just don't realize it. And and then You're right. you know, if they make this decision, like think about it, talk to your family, don't like, oh yeah, I'll do it. And then next day say, no, I don't want to do it. That can be very frustrating for someone who's very sick. Mm -hmm. Wait, what, what about you, D'Angelo? Say it again. Oh, I was going to say, what about you, D'Angelo? Did you, did you experience any uh, similar experiences with donor candidates? No, but I had people that said they would donate and I never heard back from them and stuff like that. So, I mean, I took it with a grain of salt. I never took anybody seriously until they actually like came back with like some test results or something. So, I mean, talk is a good game. So you can tell me all day you're going to donate, but until you do it, I really don't believe it. So I really didn't hold any water in that. Um, and then uh -huh. that was really it. I was just focused on getting a kidney any way I could, but not bartering or selling mm. myself or anything like that to get it. But I was really like just focused on well enough to where my test came back clean to where if I could get a kidney as fast as possible, that would be the best thing. And that it actually ended up happening. So I can't ask for nothing more than that. Yeah, How much, um, did you have living donors try to test for you? Yes, I did. I had uh, I had one actually just decide that she just didn't want to do it, and I never heard back from her again. But I mean, uh, it just comes with the territory. I mean, I I got told this from my mentor: you can't get excited until they're rolling you in the OR. That's when you know it's about to happen, because mm -hmm. anything anything can happen. Anything can happen. Yeah, you can. And that's very I, true. Uh, looking like to have someone else on the list, you know, like anything can happen. So yeah, right now, I don't think. I, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say they'll test your blood at the hospital and they'll they'll like send you home when you're in pre-op. So I mean, until yeah. you're actually in that operating room, it can always turn around and they'll send you back home at any minute. So yeah. Don't get excited until you're in right. there and giving you anesthesia and all that good stuff. Yep. Like, I really like my, my wife. Current... I'm sorry. My wife got the call here in Abu Dhabi uh, for her, her transplant, and they said, look, uh, you're a match. You need to get on the next plane 
smoking uh, out of there and to come here to Boston. So we had to, to, to get her booked on a flight on the next thing smoking. She, she was flying out there. I, I left, you know, uh, the a day later uh, because of extenuating circumstances. Long story short, uh, when she arrived there after a long journey of, you know, flying from here, JFK, Boston, she had to do dialysis, right? And she still was in disbelief of the fact that this was going to happen. And when they were wheeling her into the operating operating room, she she turned to him and asked him, uh, where are you taking me? And he said, we're taking you into transplant, ma'am. And she says, this is really happening? <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah. but there's some truth. There's kind of some truth to that. I mean, when you yeah. go through so many countless, uh, I mean, donor candidates that, and Jonathan touched on it, and and so did D'Angelo. Look, it's a numbers game, so it's important to have as many people come forward as you possibly can because anything yeah. can happen. Uh, yeah. Even uh, in pre-op, as D'Angelo said, right or or just before they're wheeling you into the operating room, anything can happen. Right. Yeah. So my current donor is from California. I, I met her through Facebook. I really like her. Like, you know, I just talked to her on Facebook and she seems like a very nice person. I don't know her personally, but I talked to her on Facebook. But she's in California and it's taking a longer time to test. Like, I think it has been like almost three months now of testing her. Yeah. And if they, if she qualifies, then they're planning to fly the kidney. If she, we don't know yet, they're still testing yeah. her. But if she does qualify, they plan to fly it. <laughs> that's that's how my kidney got to me. Was my kidney came from Kentucky all the way to San Antonio, Texas. So they, uh, as a matter of fact, there was a glitch in the flight. I was supposed to get transplanted around, I think, one o'clock. Uh, in the afternoon, after I got to the hospital at 6 a.m., uh, the night before, they called me at midnight. They said, be at the hospital at 6 a.m. I didn't get any sleep at all. And I tossed and turned all night because, you know, I was nervous and excited. And then uh, they got me prepped. And then about 1 o'clock, they came into my room and said, uh, there's been a delay where your, your kidney didn't make it on the flight or what, something happened. Uh, we're not going to be able to transplant you until about seven in the evening. So, you know, I I got a little bit nervous at that point because I was like, oh, man, is this going to happen or what's going to happen? But I, I ended up getting the surgery later on that evening. But, you know, these are the type of things that can happen. So. Mm -hmm. So you both had from a deceased donor, right? Most of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. My my statistically, kidney. Go ahead. I was gonna say statistically speaking, a lot of uh, I, from what I've read, you know, living uh, a living kidney donor kidney will last longer, and that's why people uh, aim to receive a, a living kidney donor kidney. But yeah, it, it it it's not like you're going to turn down a cadaver kidney when it when it comes your way, right, guys? I mean. Oh, no. As long as you work out and stay healthy, you should be fine. I mean, yeah. the longest and, and and have a, a healthy diet, right? Years. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. yeah. 
I mean, like I said, the longest kidney transplant lasted 60 years. So, I mean, you can definitely get the life mm-hmm. out of a kidney if you really take care of it, take care of yourself and do yep. what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. It's all about being proactive, staying engaged with your team. Uh, if you see anything happening, don't wait. Don't sit around and just let it linger, you know, call, contact your transplant team and talk with them. It's all, yeah. it's all about staying engaged and taking care of yourself, you know. That's what mm-hmm. that's the main thing. So, but it, sound, it sounds like you're like that. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't care what time or day it is. You call the people you need to call your team and they'll be on it. They're there for you. That's what you got to make sure you stay diligent about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Speaking of calling, D'Angelo, if you all notice, the, there's a phone number up here behind me, and it's also behind uh, Jonathan on his on his left, right? That phone number is the phone number to call to be a living kidney donor for Tatiana. Yep. Ask yourself, are you healthy? Are you willing or are you able to be a kidney donor? If the answer is a resounding yes, make that phone call, folks. If not, the other way you can help out is to hit, hit the share button and to help us, help Tatiana, by spreading this message and disseminating it all over Facebook. Yes. And from what I have been like researching about living donors, they are fine. And I have known like a couple that have donated to someone else, and they are living a healthy life. and. They're doing very well. I think sometimes people are just like have wrong perception and they're afraid of it. They think like they will die or they will like have, you know, some trouble. But from what I've read and the people I know, they all are doing very well. And I think like if you're a living donor, if you ever need a kidney, you will be on top of the list. And kidneys like just such delicate organs, like even a virus can destroy kidneys. You know, mm-hmm. so like in a way, they will like get the benefit if anything ever happens to them, they'll be on top of the list. And it's kind of going back to what we talked about when we do something good for others, good comes back to us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like what you said. It's like people don't know. So, I mean, the education's not readily available. I think that's why, I mean, I'm, I'm not speaking for uh, Jeffrey or Jonathan, but I think that's why this movement was started to get that education out there, let people know that it's not as bad as it sounds or what they make it look like in movies or on TV or things like that, or horror stories that you may have heard and things like that, that is actually a pretty clean process and a pretty easy pro well, not an easy process, but you know, a pretty easy going process considering what you're doing, you're actually giving life to someone that's not your baby. So, I mean, I mean, just getting that education out there to everybody about kidney failure, what it can do, how it can be caused, and how we can actually get transplants to people and help them extend their lives. I think that's the mission here, right? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a way of bringing uh, kidney, kidney donor awareness, kidney disease awareness uh, to the masses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, so please uh, share, people. Please share. Yes, please share. Please share. Hey, Tatiana, if you had a message that you would want to send out to a potential donor, would you would you like to send a, a special message out there to someone? Mm, just like the same thing that I really believe and I try to 
exercise this in my life too like whatever good we do for others will always come back to us you know like and it's like donor or no donor that's just the message you know and to the donor of course like that's you know saving someone's life i think it's huge uh in heaven's records you know because i i think heaven keeps the records of everything and saving someone's life is a very huge uh good record yeah yeah well god bless you uh tatiana uh i can i can tell you this much that uh i i will do all that i can we will do all we can to help you on that journey to find a living kidney donor. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. You're welcome. So. Well, guys, uh, I really appreciate my co-host, uh, Jeff Brown, coming on and doing this interview with me. Uh, he's up awful early. Uh, we wanna let him get back and get some rest uh, for his day today. And I really appreciate uh, D'Angelo Crawford for coming on and being a co-host as well, man. I've really been appreciating you uh, uh, with the advocacy work that you've been doing with us. I hope you'll stay with us and continue to do these shows with us. Oh, no problem. <laughs> and uh, Tatiana, God bless you. We're going to continue to pray for you and share for you. Uh, guys, uh, anyone out there that's watching this broadcast, if you want any more information at all, uh, please visit uh, Tatiana Needs a Kidney on Facebook. Uh, again, uh, down down below is her uh, phone number scrolling by, the transplant coordinator and her name. Uh, if you do call the transplant center, uh, please mention her name, uh, Tatiana Tagarova. And uh, yes, sir. Do you have like the names of all the different Facebook pages that we're a part of too? Maybe you can put those in there too. So if people want to just join different pages and maybe can spread the word about those as well. Uh, we advocate for for a lot of different people. Um, there's a uh, Brian Olivas needs a kidney. Uh, Chris's uh, quest for a donor, uh, a kidney for Christine well, and Hernandez. Well, what I was talking about was like uh, the Facebook pages, like kidney donor awareness and things like that. Oh sure, uh, you talking about our group pages that we yeah. we deal with? Okay. Yeah. Jeff uh, Jeff has a page, I believe, with Jared Wright, or is that just Jared's page? Kidney donor aware awareness. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a group, uh, Kidney Donor Awareness Group. It's a great platform. Uh, it's a great platform. There are a lot of people that are members of that group uh, that uh, went, that support each other. Uh, Tatiana, if you ever need to go there to uh, speak with other uh, kidney warriors or uh, those are war the warriors that are members of that group, group that are either post uh, transplant warriors or pre uh, transplant warriors. And there are people uh, that automatically when they see a post arrive in that group, share it. Uh, we have some share monsters in that, in that group. Uh, yep. And uh, I, I love the group because in order, sometimes what I like to do some, when, I, when, I, when a post is not, uh, receiving the reach or the odd the audience that it needs, I like to share it to that group, and it gives it a it gives it a welcome uh, boost uh, and uh, catapults it to uh, to getting reach that it deserves. 
and this interview, could you, could, you, could you please post this interview on my Facebook page so like my friends can see it too? On on your oh, sure. uh, personal profile account. Mm -hmm. I'll uh. I'll we share can share it, share it to you. Yeah. Oh, if you do it, Tatiana needs a kidney, then I can repose. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, guys, again, I really appreciate you coming on, uh, Tatiana. God bless you, and we'll continue to share for you. Okay. And um, yeah, and I, I wish you well too. Like to recover, continue to recover well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you very much. No, thank you. Uh, do you have anyone out there that you'd like to say uh, hello to or goodbye to? I don't think I saw any of my friends. Like, I, I, I forgot to post on my page that we were going to have an interview. That's yeah. okay. It's everywhere right now. It's, uh, we're streaming live uh, in a lot of different locations. So. Mm -hmm. We're... And we're actually on several pages, YouTube. You have it on Twitch, Jonathan. You have it on YouTube. Twitter. But we have it on several, like several pages, uh, uh, basically seven different uh, platforms. Yeah. So it'll definitely get uh, viewed. It's not about the numbers uh, uh, while people are watching, but it's usually uh, the after watch. Uh, so. But uh, again, I appreciate you uh, doing the interview and I appreciate my co-host guys. And again, it's been another uh, interview with Hope with Jonathan. I really appreciate uh, all the likes and support and please share this. And for more information, you can go to Tatiana Needs a Kidney. And this is gonna conclude our show for the evening. Again, guys, y'all take care. God bless, stay safe. And remember to take care of your kidneys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh-huh, bye. Thank you. God bless. Hey guys, I really appreciate you tuning in to the Hope with Jonathan podcast. I know this one ran a little bit longer than usual, but uh, I hope that you found this uh, story incredibly uh, inspiring. Uh, 
and I uh, hope that uh, someone out there will definitely come forward for Tatiana. Uh, again, guys, you can find her information at Tatiana Needs a Kidney on Facebook. Uh, like I said, all of her information uh, for her transplant hospital in uh, North Carolina is there. Uh, her blood type is B, uh, which means she can accept a no. And also there's the Parrot Exchange Program. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Parrot Exchange pr Program, it's basically a kidney swap. Uh, you can also Google search um, Parrot Exchange and uh, there, there's many different articles. Uh, the National Kidney Foundation has a, a great article on the Parrot Exchange. Um, also, uh, you can find out her uh, phone number there uh, and the email address to her transplant coordinator. Guys, again, please go over and like Tatiana Needs a Kidney on Facebook. Uh, and for more information, you can go there. Hey, I appreciate all my sponsors, um, Impact American Media, uh, Kidney Warrior Merch. I appreciate everyone uh, uh, chiming in and uh, listening uh, to the Hope with Jonathan podcast. I really appreciate everyone tuning in to the uh, Hope with Jonathan live stream show as well. Uh, you can find more episodes on YouTube, uh, also on Facebook. I have some videos there that uh, anytime I do a live stream, you can always check it out on Facebook as well. Uh, but YouTube is pretty much going to be your go-to for uh, most of my videos. Uh, but hey guys, I really appreciate all the love and support and all the feedback. And uh, this has been another episode with Hope with Jonathan podcast. And hey guys, I want you guys to really uh, take care of yourself out there. Stay safe. Remember that if nobody loves you out there, I do. And Jesus does too. And also, I want you to take care of your kidneys. If you're experiencing any issues at all that is uh, kidney related, uh, such as you notice, uh, you know, changes in your urine output, uh, blood in your urine, foam in your urine. Uh, when I mean by foam, I'm talking about like major, major foam in your urine, uh, something that looks abnormal. Uh, anything that draws attention to uh, something that's different in your body, such as uh, swollen ankles or uh, swollen legs or you just don't feel generally well, uh, tired all the time, fatigued, chronically fatigued. Um, you just, you know, don't have the strength to get up and go. Uh, and you notice that all foods are just starting to taste really bland, maybe a metallic taste of food. Uh, also being nauseated all the time. Uh, please, please don't hesitate to please reach out to your doctor. Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, even before then, uh, there's a possibility that, you know, you're already seeing a doctor for whatever reason and they will find something in your blood work. But if not, and you're experiencing any of these issues at all, please do not hesitate to go see a doctor and have them run uh, blood labs, full blood labs, and also do a urine test uh, to find out exactly what's going on with your body. Uh, you know, these simple tests, these simple things uh, can save your life. And I'm speaking on, from a personal experience. But hey, guys, I really appreciate you tuning in. God bless you guys. Take care of yourself. Stay safe. And remember, take care of your kidneys. God bless. <laughs>